We're talking spring storylines on Locked On Marlins. Four more key spring storylines for these Marlins. We spoke on yesterday's episode about two. Is this the is this the roster? Is this it? Equally, we spoke about what's happening at shortstop. We have four more big storylines for these Marlins uh, on today's episode. Again, with the UK GOAT, Sean Barrett. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. It's your daily Marlins pod. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you listen to the pod, of course, hit subscribe. It's your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. This one's coming at you early on a Wednesday, mainly because it's pre-recorded. So uh, that's why it's going to be out really early. (laughs) But welcome to Wednesday's episode. Let's hope this bad boy ages well. Um... Don't forget, guys, there is a YouTube channel, so make sure you hit subscribe there too. If you are watching on YouTube, you will see the UK GOAT is back. The rundown is the same. This is a continuation because I ran way too long. I'm not going to make that mistake again. UK GOAT, Sean Barrett in the house. Sean, how are we doing? I'm doing well. We ran over yesterday with two uh, topics, so we've got four today, Mm -hmm. so let's Mm -hmm. get started. Let's get started. Yeah, exactly. Sean has... (laughs) It's got the timekeeping going on for me. Uh, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Glorious. Two minutes in and we are ready to rock and roll. Let's nail it. Shawnee Barrett, last time you brought up, is this the roster? Give me your next spring storyline for these Marlins. So this somewhat comes uh, alongside that or in part with that because it was supposed to be <laughs> yesterday's episode. Um, and I want to talk about Eddie Cabrera. Um, okay. his, his name has been in unofficial talks or slightly official talks around trades for yep. last week, specifically with Pittsburgh, um, and, and trying to fill that shortstop hole that we spoke about yesterday as well. Um, I think if that trade was ever... Um, on because we never really got anything official from anybody that was like Mish or anybody like that. I think it was just no. fans getting a bit ahead of themselves. Um, mm. Me, I was one of them. Um, I thought I was there. Was yeah, listen, <laughs> listening to Mel speak um, specifically about Eddie and saying about his control issues being mental. Like to me, that's that sounds alarm bells in my head of they're not trading it. Like you, you mm-hmm. can't, you can't have someone in your team, specifically your pitching coach, talking down about one of your players that you might potentially be trading. So in my eyes, any trade with Eddie that was ever been discussed, if it ever was, is is now dead. So at this point, he's now part of the rotation for me. And I think ultimately that is a good thing because I'm always worried about rotations. I can look at the strongest rotation and, and pick a hole in it. Mm. Um, so I think the Marlins are the Marlins rotation is significantly better with him in the lineup, um, and it's then the question becomes: What does he look like? What are those walks like? Mm. Um, another year of of growth, of development, of work with Mel. You'd hope like 
we've heard in previous years when they were talking about Sandy and Jesus talking about trust your stuff. Your stuff's good enough, trust it. And yeah. it sounds so silly. It sounds so simple. But sometimes that's all it is. Just throw your stuff and know that the guys can't hear. And mm. I think that's something that Eddie might have not been able to catch on to, that confidence to say my stuff is that good. Mm. So for me, one of the question marks with Eddie in the rotation, as I expect it to be now, is let's see him pump some strikes. Let's see him swagger on the mound. I think that would be huge for the Marlins and this rotation. Sean Barrett. Oh, Sean, Sean, Sean. You have gone to another level here now, my man. You've gone to another level where you're reading into things and joining some dots. Like There's some Matrix-level stuff going on with Sean Barrett because Mel Stoudemire talking about Eddie Cabrera. You know, Sean's making connections to, like, if the Marlins were actively trading Eddie Cabrera, it would be huge rah-rah right now. Would it be like, hey, this dude's coming in the best shape of his life. He looks amazing. He's going to be potential Cy Young. <laughs> so... Sean, you are piecing things together like a stud right now. Love that. Love that shout. Listen, Eddie Cabrera, this offseason, I think when we look back and we think of this offseason and this spring, I think we'll always remember Eddie Cabrera. Like, I, I know I will. Like, those couple of days where the Pirates fans were just going bananas for Eddie Cabrera and just seeing Marlon's Twitter react to this. I think the Godfather called it out pretty well, actually. Danny Martinez, he he called it out pretty well. Just saying, hold on a minute, guys. Marlins Twitter was like hating this guy last year. The walks were just intolerable. We were saying he was just a glorified reliever. Next thing is now we're trying to recoup a prospect package for a Cy Young caliber dude. Like everyone's, you know, getting all twisted with this one. So that's a lot of fun. But Sean, I think you've called out like Eddie Cabrera. He is a storyline. In himself, he is a storyline because of these trade uh, rumors, but equally the savant profile with the one blue section, which is very stark. And something Eli Sussman called out on his uh, on the Unfiltered show, actually, that I thought was a really good point. I'm actually doubting myself it was on that show, but either way, Eli made this point that Eddie Cabrera has been in this organization a long time. It's not like a Jesus Lazada where you get him and fix him. Like Eddie Cabrera's had ample amount of time to work with Mel Stoudemire to get to that level. And we still haven't seen the jump. So that's why there's a bit of a red flag for Eli. I thought that was a really good point to make. It's like, has Mel taken it as far as he can go with Eddie? I don't know. But Sean, I love this one. You, It sounds like you think that Eddie won't be traded now based on what Mel's sharing, the way he's speaking publicly about him. I tend to agree, by the way, on that one. What does what does a good year look like for Eddie Cabrera in 24? It, you know, it, it's, I guess there's health in there, but are we just always going to be measuring him by whip and walks at this point? Like, is that going to be always what we're scrolling to with Eddie Cabrera? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, a good year for me looks something similar to what we saw in 2022, but with more, with more innings, yeah. um, a, a full walk per nine rather than a nine on six walk per nine that we got last year. But the stuff's the stuff's amazing. We're talking eleven K per nine kind of guy. Mm. He just needs to get those those walks down to somewhere near a third of that. That usually is that magic number um that the pitchers elite pitchers work with having a, a K rate three times the size of your walk rate. So that's that's his number. Get the get that walk rate down. 
That is literally the only thing he needs to do. It is a case of trust your stuff. And it, and you're right. How many times can Mel say to him, "Trust your stuff," <laughs> until he until he actually does? Um, does he because... need to just say it in Spanish? Is that what he needs? Like, is there is it a, a language barrier? Like, you, you're so right. Like, Mel's clearly said the same things to him for the last three seasons. He's been at the big league, so it's a good point. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, okay, let's hit the first ad, and then we're going to get into two more storylines. I'm going to take one, and then I'll, I'll hand the uh, the baton back to Sean. Uh, so we'll do that. This episode is brought to you by our good friends, of course, over at FanDuel. Of course, staple of Locked On. Um, guys, so get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. You can bet on all, all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, and I love a parlay, or an accumulator, as they're called here in the UK, exclusive props and more. Just visit fanjuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Fanjuel official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, guys, back here with me, Peter Pratt, and the UK GOAT again, Sean Barrett, a a two-episode week at least for the UK GOAT. It's Wednesday's episode, and we are talking spring storylines here for your Miami Marlins. Uh, Sean has rightly called out Edward Cabrera as a big storyline. I'm going to flip it over to the the offensive side, to the hitters, um, because... And there's many stories. We've already talked shortstop, which I think is the biggest storyline right now, subject to to free agents or trades. But I think the other situation that I'm very interested in is the future of Avisel Garcia. And for Avi, I think there are many outcomes in play. And they could involve being the DH relatively regularly. There could be another situation where he's effectively the short side platoon option with Jesus Sanchez and those guys just man right fields. Generally, I think there's other opportunities here with Avicel Garcia that in, that could involve the way in Chen situation if things look poor in spring. Like, how much pressure is on Avicel Garcia? This spring, I know he's owed 24 25 million, so maybe there is you know, some would say, Well, there is no pressure, the Marlins aren't cutting him. I believe that they will cut him if required, to be honest with you. I, it's a sunk cost anyway, and I, I, I just get the sense that if they believe that he's going to be inhibiting this team, then Abacel Garcia will be will be gone. I do believe there's there could be an opportunity to trade him as well with some sort of retention on the money. So I'm I'm looking extremely closely to Avicel Garcia. Here's the thing, though, that really caught my eye in the last couple of days around Avicel Garcia was that he's been working out this offseason with Luis Arias. Boy, oh boy. If you want to work out with some dude and rediscover a way to hit a baseball... Go and spend a few months with Luis Arias, and let's see what that, what that can do for your game. So, 
Louis Arias is kind of pumping up Avi, always looking great. You know, we've been working out together. We've been doing things together. So I'm really interested to see how that translates. By the way, the other dude, in case you haven't seen this interview with, with Arias, the other dude that was part of this, it was a, a trifecta of Marlin studs. Probably Hoy Soler was there too, because Soler was just hanging around. But the other guy involved was Jesus Sanchez. So again, talk about a guy that could take some elements of Luis Arias' game. Jesus Sanchez absolutely fits that profile as well. So Sean Avicel Garcia, for me, he's on the roster bubble, very firmly on the roster bubble. They have no flexibility with him. They've traded for Nick Gordon. They've said Nick Gordon is going to be an outfielder. Jazz, Jesus, De La Cruz, all outfielders. I'm looking at this and thinking, if Avi doesn't have a good spring, I don't think Avi's making the opening day roster. Um, many would think this is a long time overdue, but where do you sit on Avicel Garcia at this point? I mean, it's funny, isn't it? For for most parts of last year, I was just saying, let's cut him, let's let's get rid of the dead wood mm. uh, and eat the cost. And and we're going into another spring with him on the roster. And yeah. you know, how many times can you say, let's see what he does in spring, let's see if he can get hot, start the new year, see if there's an improvement. Or she lost the weight last year, but. That didn't translate into performance. Um, I don't no. know how much of that is effort-based. I feel like it probably is mostly that because players don't just fall off a cliff like that um, in essentially their prime. Um, I think the money probably made him not give up, but not care so much. Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah, we'll end the spring. And it, To me, the question is why haven't they done it yet for, for, for many periods of time? And yeah. the only reason I can think of is that they don't want to release him, pay him all that money, have him latch on somewhere else on the minor league deal and all of a sudden start raking. Um, they don't want that to be the fire in the belly that <laughs> the belly that creates um, a, a Avi to return to form. So Great in point. my eyes, it is a case of if, if he isn't performing through spring and, and doesn't earn that roster spot, he goes to AAA and he just spends two years in AAA. Like say goodbye to that that private plane. You're mm -hmm. you're on a bus now. You know if if he's not going to okay. have the performance required for that deal, then you shame him. You shame him into working towards getting back to the major leagues because that's what would happen if they cut him. He would feel that yeah. shame. He'd go on to a new team and he'd probably work harder to perform. That's what the Marlins ultimately will need to do. They need to kickstart that fire in his belly to mm -hmm. get him to want to play baseball again because at the moment. We've seen precious little of that in his minor's career. Pretty disappointing, right? And I guess, you know, this is another topic that's like brewing around baseball and it's centered around uh, Anthony Rendon, who's been asked questions directly around things. He's given very honest answers. I, I can't knock Anthony Rendon's answers, but I'm sure the Angels PR guy is sitting there just hoping that the, you know, the, the world swallows them up at this point. Like Rendon just giving those answers, say, listen, baseball's not my top priority. It's a job. And sometimes, like, because we're fans and we're passionate about these organizations, you know, we expect the players to feel the same. And actually, that isn't always the case, as proven with big Tony Rendon, who looks the most disinterested baseball player going right now. But Frankly, Avi hasn't been far behind him, um, to be honest with you. Sixto Sanchez isn't far behind him either. Um, nevertheless, let's not dwell too much further on Avi. I think he is, for me, of the guys that were on the roster last year, I think he is on the bubble. He's most on the bubble. 
I feel like if there's a move made, then I feel like the collateral damage could be Avicel Garcia as part of that. So we spoke about, you know, Tim Anderson. We spoke about Gio Ursula. You know, we spoke about JD Martinez. Like, if one of these guys signs, then how are they going to construct this roster to keep the guys that have to be on there? And, you know, is Abby going to be collateral damage here? Wait to see. John, give me your uh, your third and final spring storyline. Then we're going to hit the ad, and then I'll finish it up and we'll round off. So I'm going to stick with the rotation, or maybe not the rotation, with okay. AJ Puck. Um, okay. we've, we've heard in the spring that they're going to stretch him out and look to him to be a starter. And and to me, that 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 can't help but concern me. We're talking about a guy that has never started a Major League Baseball game, hasn't started a, an actual game in a few years. Down it's in cra- crazy stat, though, Sean. He's never started a Major League Baseball game. It's crazy, isn't it, with AJ Park? Like, I, I, I bet a lot of people listening to this won't even realise that. Yeah, exactly. It never started more than 13 in a year in the minors. And that was way back when he was like an 18, 19 year old. Yeah. I just don't understand it. I think for me, there's some concerns with the depth. If you look at Garrett, if that injury is is serious enough to affect his opening day um, availability, Edward Cabrera, we, we know if he's got a seven, eight walk per nine going through spring, you can't have much uh, faith in him going into the season. Trevor, we don't know what we're going to get with him. And then the rest of the sort of long men that they've got in Soriano and Weathers, they're all unimproved. Sixto is Sixto. I don't want to talk about him. I don't even know no. why I brought his name up. But there are some concerns with the depth of this rotation, especially mm-hmm. when we were last week talking about trading one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand it. I just think that maybe you're trying to fix a potential issue with somebody that isn't going to fix that potential issue. Yeah. Um, it's like putting a plaster on a broken leg. It's not going to do anything. I think <laughs> stick puck at that elite part of the bullpen mm. and know that you're going to get someone who can do a job for you and leave it at that. I think any twing around, even if it's just for the first couple of weeks um, and then they decide against it, that's still preparation time that is going to affect puck. Leave puck in the in the in the bullpen, having be lights out at the back end as a lefty, I think that that's an elite situation for him. Like how we, it's going to be so interesting to monitor AJ Puck now this spring. I think it's why it will be one of the most fascinating storylines here from from the Marlins fans, because you know, to what end? Like I'm just looking at this and just working out like to what end? Why like? Have they made the decision at this point that they want Puck in the rotate? Like, is he making this rotation? Like, is it they're going to build him up to then have him start in the rotation? Like, is that the goal? Or are they kind of stretching him out? So he could be an option, but more likely than if he's not needed, he's going to default back to the pen. Like, this one doesn't make a ton of sense, Sean, to be honest with you. It, It didn't make sense at the time. I felt like we spoke about it, you know, when the news was announced and, I'm stunned, actually, that he hasn't started a big league game. I, I wasn't aware of that either until you mentioned it. I thought he would have maybe had a, a couple of starts early in his, you know, in his A's career. Obviously, I know he transitioned at the pen, and they planned for him to go into the rotation. But this one feels like a head scratcher. And 
man, you know the way it's going to work out here, right? As soon as they do this, next thing is Andrew Nardi will be like, oh, I've got a bit of a sprain. The next thing is you're like, oh, man, we need AJ Puck in the pen immediately. So, like, I know we talk about depth from a starting perspective, but, man, oh, man, the Marlins, the Marlins were so successful last year because of their bullpen. It was the bullpen that carried this team, as well as Lewis Arise and Hoysler. It was the bullpen. Starters were all kind of mid, people going down. The pen was nails. That was the word. So let's lean into that strength. Why mess around with Puck? I haven't got a clue. I don't know, Sean. I'm pretty baffled with this one. What about you? Hold on. Let me just ask you. Let me ask you, though. Does AJ Puck start a game for the Marlins as a proper starter, not as a kind of, you know, opener or something? Does he go in, in any game four plus as a starter? In 24. I hope not. I really do hope not. And yeah. I think you're right in the sense of like the bullpen depth is is good. It's, they've got a lot of arms there. But you look at last year and, and everyone go, oh, it was it was inconsistent. You can't expect to keep winning these one run games. That's why they won all those one run games, which because yeah. you knew once the bullpen got into the game, then you were you were golden. And I think mm. having an elite bullpen, especially being a Marlins fan and not being used to that, is, is a wonderful thing to have. And I think when you're looking at guys in the rotation who are going to be limited innings-wise, I think there is, apart from Jesus, I don't think there's a single guy that's available that isn't going to have some form of innings limit, whether that's being able to go five, six, seven, or whether that's being able to go to 160 over the year. They're all going to have some sort of limitation. So, Mm -hmm. yes, I understand why having Puck available as a starting option. But again, He's, he's not going to have that kind of length either. He's also not going to have many innings. Last couple of years, he's thrown about 60 pitches, 60 innings. So you're looking at probably 120 maps from him. So yep. in my eyes, leave him in the bullpen and have him be an extra arm when you know that your guys are only going to go four, maybe five on a consistent basis. Yeah. Yeah, this one's definitely a bit of a head scratcher, but I'm all for the pen being you know, as elite as it can be. And uh, I think, I, I you know, Puck in the first half of the season in particular was definitely elite. We were all waxing, lyrical about it. I know, you know, he, he got hurt, didn't quite come back the same. He's working on a, an, an additional pitch by all accounts um, to help with this transition to a, as a starter. So again, like there's so much to watch with AJ Puck. It's going to be really fascinating to see the way it plays out. But man, oh man, it is littered with risk, littered with risk everywhere I look, I think this could go wrong and blow up in the Marlins faces like every way I turn, but you know, they know better than me. Listen, this is a different organization right now. Like we've not seen, you know, them approach baseball like this ever before. So the numbers must say AJ Puck can do this. That's what I'm saying. Guys hit the final ads. And then we're going to, uh, I'm going to carry on with the spring storylines, the final one. And then we'll wrap up uh, today's show. Uh, this episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Game Time, not FanDuel, uh, because that was the wrong graphics. So, faux pas from me. Nevertheless, you shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you and with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets the beauty is you can see the view from your seat before you buy 
so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. They've got all-in prices showing you your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. And you can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Yes, sir. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code Locked On for twenty bucks off. Download game. Ga- download Game Time today. <laughs> Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. All right, guys, final segment here with me, Peter Pratt, and the UK GOAT, Sean Barrett. The final, I mean, there's so many, there's so many more spring storylines. So this isn't the final, but it's the final that we're going to talk about in any depth. Um, And I've spoken about shortstop. I've spoken about Avicel Garcia. I'm going to flick it it over, actually, the pitching side, because I do think the main storylines do sit um, into the pitching. And no, I'm not going to talk about Sixto Sanchez. Um, although he will always be a storyline, but I'm not going to waste my breath or your time with that one, to be honest with you. I want to talk about Max Meyer because, frankly, he definitely has a lot going on this spring with Max Meyer. And he's obviously returning from TJ. He's a full go. We don't quite know what Max Meyer is at the big league level. We don't know how good he can be because he lit it up in double A. He lit it up in triple A and then had one start, I think against the nationals or someone from memory. I can't even remember who it was against, but uh, maybe that's who he got hurt against, but he had one start and that's the only body of work we've had with Max Meyer. The dude is super focused, like super driven. The dude wants to be a stud. The question is, who is Max Meyer at the big league level? And are we going to answer that this spring, more likely into this season? And really, the question for him will be what role he can take. Max Meyer, right now, going into spring, will be thinking, I can win a rotation spot. He's looking at this and thinking, Eddie Cabrera, with his six or seven walks per night, I should be in the rotation. I should be earning that spot. So he's going to be rocking in thinking, if I'm full go and I impress people, I can make this rotation. I think that's what Max Meyer, and his, that's what I think his goal is. I think the way that things are currently constructed on this roster, I don't think he will make the rotation. But I think we see loads of Max Meyer in the rotation during 24. I just don't think he starts there uh, on you know the opening day rotation or cycle. So... That's for me, Sean. Max Meyer, I am very intrigued about whether his skill set translates to the big league level more generally. I'm very interested to see about Max Meyer in 24. I think you've got a guy that is so hungry, super focused in spring. And it wouldn't stun me if he absolutely lit it up in spring and almost kind of forced the Marlins hand as well. So it's going to be an interesting one. What? Where's your head at with Max Meyer, just generally in terms of like, the pitcher he is, the pitcher he could be, and where he fits into this kind of Marlins rotation conversation. Yeah, I mean, I remember all the excitement that we had in in 2022 watching him yeah. pitch. Um, I mean, I was watching minor league games because of yeah. the reports I were hearing were so fantastic that I just had to see him pitch before he got to the majors. Um, and he was was as, as advertised. Um, obviously, yeah, got hurt straight away uh, when he came up, Tommy John surgery, 
complete lost season coming into 2024. We, the the surgery now is at the point where you can kind of trust that the guy can return to what he formerly was, but it's still no guarantee. Um, so it is a case of let's see what he looks like in sprint. I think you're right. He could maybe squeeze onto the roster to begin the season. The Garrett's situation for me is is huge in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if, if Garrett needs to be uh, stepped down or take some time away just to rest and recover, uh, to solve because shoulders, six stone shoulders kind of have us all kind of worried, doesn't it? Oh man! So you want to you want to be careful with this. Um, and Maya's going to have an innings limit, obviously 60, yep. 80 innings, something like that. So if Garrett needs some time to take some time away, or if Eddie's not right to begin the season, or Trevor's not the the Trevor that he was at the beginning of the season, I think yeah, you you want to use all of Maya's innings. If he's if he's good enough, yeah, at the major league level, if he's got yeah. six or eight bullets in him, throw them all at, at, in the major leagues. Because what's the point in throwing them in AAA? Yeah, I mean it'd be fun to watch, but it doesn't help the team in any sense. So yeah, I think for me, if it's not to begin the season, if it's in spring or if it's in the summer, if it's in the late part of the season, then you're struggling, aren't you? Because he's not available to you because he's used all his innings. So yep. in my eyes, if you're going to use his innings at the major league level, do it straight away. I think I mentioned that last week, to be honest with you, that like he is definitely going to have you know an innings restriction. And I'm not against Max Meyer starting in the bullpen at all, like just to ease himself back in. The first question, like with Max, that we have to answer is like, is he a big league level pitcher at this point? Like, we we don't actually know that. Like, it's different with a Trevor Rogers, where you know there's a big league guy that can get big league outs in Trevor Rogers, but struggle to stay on the field. Like with Max, for me, it's still an unknown. Uh, my, my, the gut feel is that he will be able to get outs, um, but actually. It, it remains an unknown. And so we'll see how it goes. What I would say, Sean, just in your summary there, like the biggest takeaway here is just the sheer amount of questions that the Marlins have in their rotation. Like pretty much every single guy has a question mark attributed to them. Could Lazardo do it again? Could Brax take the step forward? Can Yuri Perez keep his fly balls down? And how many innings can he go? Can Max Meyer return? Can Eddie Cabrera minimize the walks? Can Trevor Rogers return? Like, everyone has a question lingering over them. It's, it's. I mean, talk about storylines. There are so many storylines here with this Marlins pitching, which is great. One final one, Sean. I haven't prepped you for this question. So if you don't know, then I'll take it first. But what's going to be the biggest roster surprise at the end of spring? We get to the end of spring. What's going to be the biggest roster surprise for you, for the Marlins? Uh, heading into opening day. If you don't know, I'll take it first. <laughs> I think I think the biggest surprise will be the Marlins actually doing something with Abisal Garcia. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, we spoke about it and we discussed the reasons why he shouldn't be with the team. But yep. I I know what this team is like. They're not going to pay a guy to to be at AAA. They're going to keep him at the, the major league level, try and eke out any value that they can even when we know there probably isn't any. So the biggest surprise for me would be if they actually do something uh, tangible to to improve this club by not yep. using Abisad Garcia. Addition by subtraction, baby, that old that old one. So your yeah, your biggest surprise at this point, considering Abisal's 
current contract status is that Avisale is not on the opening day roster with the Marlins, which I think uh, I think would be a surprise in some ways, just because of the money. Uh, it wouldn't be in terms of performance, but we'll see. We spoke about it in this episode. Um, good one though, by the way, and I think that would be there'd be a lot of support for that too. My the the actual biggest like if we think about what would be the biggest surprise. It would be that Sixto Sanchez is on the roster. That would be, but I'm not going to talk about that one. Um, but that, that that actually would. And I don't think that will happen. I think Sixto's um, are done, to be honest with you, with the Marlins. And I don't know when it's going to happen, but it will. So the biggest surprise that I think will... It, this kind of links into where you went, Sean, but but I, I think Dane Myers is going to make this opening day roster somehow. Um, you know, it's not... I'm not going like crazy with this one, but I've just got a sneaky feeling Dane Myers, if he has a good spring, and I, I, I just get the sense that the Marlins like him and his versatility, and you know, I can I can see a, a role there for, for Dane Myers on this roster in some sort of way. So particularly if you know if Avi goes too. So I think that's that's where it's kind of connected to where your head's at, Sean. But I can see Avi not being on this roster, and I can see Dane Myers being on it. So there we go. Um, guys, we're going to wrap it up there. Um, that's been a two-parter on the biggest spring storylines for your Miami Marlins, or just for the Miami Marlins. If you're not a Marlins fan, you're trying to work out what the hell is going on with this club. We've talked about loads in episode or part one. We spoke about, is this it? Is this the roster we're working with? Are, the, are there going to be any more moves? Marlins are still linked with trades and with free agents. At this point, we just don't know. Fundamentally, from a positional perspective, shortstop remains the biggest head-scratcher. However, Tim Anderson may walk through the door tomorrow. We just don't know. But if he doesn't, pretty much one of nine guys could be your starting shortstop for the Marlins. There's a lot of question marks in the rotation. Sean's called out a couple of them. AJ Puck, is is he actually going to become a starter? Could he be? Sounds like no. We've also got Eddie Cabrera this offseason spring. We'll always think of Eddie Cabrera. Uh, as well. I'm interested about Avicel Garcia. I'm interested to see it. I think Sean's in lockstep with me here. I, I, I think he won't be on the roster. Um, I don't know how, but I just think think he won't. But we'll have to see how things go. And then Max Meyer for me is the wild card at this point where he could legitimately be in the rotation, in the bullpen, in high leverage in the bullpen, in AAA, on the IL. I mean, every option is really open to Max Meyer. So guys, I hope you've enjoyed that. There's probably another five to ten storylines that we could talk about, but they're the six that we picked out. Appreciate making Locked on Marlins your first listen, guys. And we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow as we probably recap on the last couple of days of action after this pre-recorder. Look forward to seeing you soon.